You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts. Pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name, of course, is Alex Reamer, and we are going to be all NFL today. That's right. Everybody's weighing in. Al Michaels, Tony Dungy, Tom Brady, Tony Romo. I'm going to do the same, but don't worry. It'll be a bit different as it always is. Uh, Everybody wants to cover sports media. That's a saying that uh, has been spouted by many people, not just me, but the last few days have definitely shown that to be true. I would say the biggest story coming out of NFL wildcard weekend, or I'm sorry, super wildcard weekend. I mean, first of all, can we just say, is there anything more infantilizing than making grown men say super wildcard weekend (laughs) continuously? Uh, you know, over a three-hour NFL broadcast. I mean, my goodness, super wildcard weekend. What makes it different, Jim? It's super. I mean, how silly. But anyway, uh, I would say the biggest story from super wildcard weekend was not the Chargers blowing their 27-point lead to the Jaguars, the Dolphins nearly beating the Bills, Giants beating the Vikings, Ravens, Bengals. No, no, the biggest story was Al Michaels and Tony Dungy and their absolute snooze fest of a performance during Chargers-Jaguars, that aforementioned comeback, the third biggest comeback, uh, third biggest uh, postseason comeback in NFL history, an all-time classic, an all-time classic. And Al Michaels and Tony Dungy really barely raised their voices above a whisper. And the crowd noise could not be heard. The mixing was off. It was just a bad telecast all around. And this week, Al Michaels, in a couple of text messages to New York Post sports media reporter Andrew Marchand, fired back at his critics. And I will say, I do appreciate this. I mean, Al Michaels may be the greatest sports broadcaster ever, but he hears the criticism. And I like that he's not afraid to let people know that and not afraid to let people know that it bothers him because clearly it does. This is what he said to Marchand, quote, A lot of folks who understand this industry are annoyed with the -the over-the-top yelling that makes a game sound like an offshoot of talk radio, he wrote. I'm in that corner, but there are others who obviously think otherwise. Michaels added that he was, quote, very happy with his performance and isn't trying to, quote, create over-the-top YouTube hits. Well, first of all, you do, again, have to appreciate... uh, the the scorn in Al Michaels' voice and the superiority in his voice when he uh, writes the message. A lot of folks who understand this industry are annoyed with over-the-top yelling, saying, uh, yeah, 
For those who actually understand sports broadcasting, my silent performance Saturday night was a good thing. And if you think I should have been, I don't know, excited when the Jaguars completed their 27-point comeback and their kicker nailed the 36-yard field goal, uh, you know, then you don't know what you're talking about because real broadcasting aficionados appreciated that when <laughs> Riley Patterson kicked the game-winning field goal, I said, just like this, here we go for the win. Flag down as everyone is running out onto the field. <laughs> I mean, really, again, the Jaguars complete one of the greatest comebacks in NFL playoff history, an all-time classic, as I mentioned, and Al Michaels's final call on the game-winning field goal as time expired, by the way, making it even more exciting. His final call, there's a flag down as everybody is running out onto the field. I mean, you know, it's, it's, do you believe in miracles or there's a flag down as everyone else is running out onto the field? I mean, they are close. I will say they are pretty close. Um, and look, you know, I think Al Michaels is 78 years old and he clearly was miserable for most of the season calling lousy Thursday night games on Amazon. And I think it is possible that at this stage in his illustrious career. And again, I think he is the greatest and most accomplished sports broadcaster ever. It's understandable if he doesn't quite have the passion that he used to. I think we saw that all year on Amazon and we certainly saw that Saturday night. And if you want to defend Al for his, you know, I think really just biting (laughs) sarcastic and just grumbly work on Amazon this year, you could say, okay, well, the games absolutely sucked. True, most of the games did absolutely suck. But Saturday night's game, Chargers-Jaguars did not suck. That was incredible. And Al Michaels couldn't get up for it. Um, And neither could Tony Dungy, of course. I mean, Dungy in general is just so mediocre as a studio analyst and so low-key. I have no idea why NBC puts him in the booth from time to time. Uh, he's their number two color guy. He was also in the booth, uh, Thanksgiving night when the Patriots took on the Vikings and was, uh, letting his anti-Patriots buy a show. That's for sure. Um, at Outsports, where I also work, uh, we wrote a series of columns last week and through the weekend about Tony Dungy and his long history of making anti-LGBTQ statements. Uh, we've covered that before on the show with Sid Ziegler, one of the co-founders of Outsports. Dungy has been an outspoken, uh, critic of same-sex marriage. LGBTQ rights. He publicly voiced his disapproval when Jason Collins and Michael Sam publicly came out as gay as well. Uh, As recently as June 2020, August 2021, he's expressed anti-LGBTQ views on Twitter. And this upcoming March, Tony Dungy will be a featured speaker at an event hosted by a rapidly uh, anti-gay Christian evangelist, Andrew Womack, who has equated being gay to murder, among other statements. So Very, very reasonable stuff. Uh, And James Brown, by the way, the host of NFL Today on CBS, will also be a guest speaker at that event in March. And like Dungy, has been a guest speaker at Womix events for years. Um, But unlike Dungy, James Brown is not, at least from what Google can tell, and believe me, I've searched, he has not publicly expressed his views on gay rights or same-sex marriage, unlike Dungy, who has left no doubts about where he stands. And look, you know, I'm not advocating for Tony Dungy or anybody to lose their job for their personal views on political or social issues. 
But I do think in 2023, it's more than fair to want answers. Tony Dungy has made his standpoint clear. He's made his viewpoint clear, I should say. Um, NBC has not. I mean, he's been one of the faces of their Sunday night football package for years and years. NBC pays the NFL billions of dollars to air Sunday night football in the Super Bowl every three or four years, some playoff games as they did on Saturday night. And who do they put as the color analyst for their primetime game on Saturday night? Tony Dungy. And I think, again, in 2023, it's worth asking NBC for some answers, not just about Tony Dungy and their feelings on his anti-LGBTQ statements, but also uh, answers for Saturday night, because that was a subpar telecast all the way around, a bored out Michaels, an overmatched and drowsy Tony Dungy was not a recipe for success. It was a terrible, terrible broadcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But that does lead me to another question, and I guess it's kind of a macro question, if you will, something about the greater picture. You know, we like to do that from time to time around here. And the question is, are we too hard on sports broadcasters? Now, I say that as somebody who writes articles after every single Patriots game reviewing the broadcast, and a lot of those articles uh, are negative because people love to complain about broadcasters on social media. They love to talk about it with their friends. Media stuff always gets read. Media criticism always gets read. And that's the prevailing reason why uh, we started this humble podcast back in June. Um, But, you know, are we too hard on broadcasters? And I raised this not just because of the criticism that Al Michaels received Saturday night, but also Tony Romo. I mean, Romo was, I think, rightfully eviscerated for his just disjointed and bizarre performance during Patriots bills a couple of weeks ago, you know, angels carried Naheem Hines to the end zone. I mean, really, really, uh, fortunately Romo, uh, was not too heavy on that kind of stuff Sunday when he called dolphins bills, but he was also ripped for again, being disorganized, not offering much insight, being annoying, making noises. Uh, you know, he hysterically, said things that were disproven moments later. Josh Allen is about to take off, and then Allen fumbles the football in, like, the very next play. Although in Roma's defense, I don't have a huge problem with that because he's offering his opinion. He thought at the time that Josh Allen was going to take off in a game in which he was turning the ball over, throwing some interceptions. Um, You know, and he fumbled. Roma was wrong. Like, we all are from time to time. It's hard to admit it, but it's true. And I do give him credit, credit at least, for giving his opinion, something that few broadcasters do. But, you know, look, Romo, when he first entered the booth, he was a real breath of fresh air. And I think that, you know, in hindsight, maybe more about the guy he was replacing, Phil Sims, and about the general state of national NFL broadcasting. But he was unique. He was predicting plays. He was on top of the action. I think most valuably, 
He knew the coaches. He knew the players as a recently retired player. And that's why I've always been an advocate of recently retired players getting in the booth. Um, but over the last couple of years, you know, he gets the big contract from CBS, 18 million per. And over the last couple of years, I think Romo has really become much more about shtick than substance. He's really no longer insightful. In addition to the just over the top DeMar Hamlin references during Bill's Patriots last week, I don't think Romo really prepared much for the game. He, he didn't, he, he said the Patriots offense was coming into its own. I mean, man, they were shut out just the two weeks before that against the Bengals and didn't cross midfield until like late in the third quarter. So, I mean, it's obvious that Romo, at least it doesn't appear as if Romo does the preparation that he once did. Uh, And as a result, he's no longer as insightful as he once was. You know, I think an analyst should do two things. A, they should entertain. And I will say that is most important because these are TV shows more than anything else. But an, an analyst should also inform. And Romo doesn't do much of either these days and certainly does not inform. He's more of a caricature than anything else. And the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And to get back to my big picture question, are we too hard on sports broadcasters? I mean, well, not to give two answers, but obviously, yes, from the standpoint that there are many more important things going on in the world than a sports broadcaster's performance during a playoff game. But with that said, there are many more important things going on in the world than an NFL playoff game. And we care about these things. We watch these things. So we deserve to uh, opine on these things. And no, with that said, no, I don't think we are too harsh on sports broadcasters. Uh, Look, Tony Romo gets paid, as I said, $18 million per year to call, what is it? Uh, You know, 20 NFL games a year, 1920 NFL games a year. Maybe you throw in some, well, they do... Fine. Ooh, we'll, we'll include maybe a couple of preseason dates. How about like 22 NFL games per year? You know, I'm sure he makes some other appearances for CBS, but that's really it. And, you know, I know he's on the road from September through January, but it's not like he's working every day. He's working on Sunday. So presumably he's flying private Saturday to wherever he's calling the game, staying over Saturday night. That's fun. And calling the game Sunday and going home and sleeping in his own bed, right? I mean, the latest he's out is 8 o'clock, those 425 games. So it's not a hard job. I mean, I think making good TV is very hard. And I think being a good broadcaster is very hard. But in the grand scheme of life, it's a pretty good gig and they are paid very, very well. You know, it's not like we're going uh, through college broadcasts and ripping college broadcasters or going to market number 198, you know, and, and ripping the performance of the poor anchors in Corpus Christi, Texas. I mean, we are these Al Michaels makes $1 million per game reportedly to call Thursday night football for Amazon. Yeah. If you're making $1 million per game, 
And if you're Al Michaels, no, the criticism is not too much. So this may very well just be me defending my existence here, but no, I do not think we are too hard on sports broadcasters. I do not think we were too hard on anybody over the last weekend of NFL playoff action. One of the, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty good weekend overall of NFL playoff football, but I would say that the best game was pro well, Chargers Jaguars was the best game, but the second best game I would say was Giants Vikings. And what was interesting about Giants Vikings wasn't just that it totally embarrassed Joe judge. I mean, Daniel Jones could barely get out of his own way in 2020 and 2021. So much to the point that the Giants declined to pick up his fifth year option last off season. Uh, and this year Jones has been a great quarterback. He was spectacular Sunday. Uh, and his best receiver is Isaiah Hodgins. So Brian Dable is getting the most out of Daniel Jones. And it just totally exposes Joe Judge and is further proof that he needs to be as far away from Mac Jones next year as humanly possible. But anyway, back to the broadcast. It was Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on the call. They are Fox's new number one crew. They've been in that uh, position all year long because, of course, Fox is in a bit of a waiting pattern. Last offseason, while Tom Brady was, temporar was temporarily retired, they signed him to a mammoth $375 million contract to serve as its lead NFL analyst, the face of NFL coverage, and also a brand ambassador, whatever that entails. We've talked about Brady and his role on Fox in the past on the show, or I should say his apparent role on Fox because he still hasn't done anything for them. In fact, shortly after signing that massive deal, he came back and played for the Buccaneers this year and got embarrassed on Monday night against the Cowboys. Um, but Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, look, I think that Greg Olson is a pretty good analyst. I think Burkhart is a fine play-by-play -play guy. And this year showed that the broadcasters do not have an impact on ratings. If we needed any more proof, look at the Monday night football numbers this year. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman got a lot of props, and rightfully so, for bringing a quote-unquote big-time feel back to Monday Night Football. But this year's Monday Night ratings were down from what they were last year with the Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick trio. Why is that? Because there were simply better games on Monday Night last year than there were this year. So I say all that to let you know that I understand the broadcast crew for the Super Bowl this year on Fox will have no impact on the ratings for the game. But there are aesthetics to consider. And the NFL, and Fox pays the NFL more than $2 billion per year. And they get the Super Bowl only once every three to four years. And you're to tell me for their big network showcase, their most expensive showcase, their most prized property, they're giving us Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. Sorry, Fox needs Tom Brady in the booth. And if Tom Brady does not appear as part of Fox's Super Bowl coverage this year, it's the first sign in probably many that this deal will go down as the worst signing ever this side of Bobby Bonilla. I mean, really, if, if Tom Brady is not going to be in the booth this year, 
While he's still an active player and presumably people really want to know where he's going to play in 2023, does he want to play? If he's not going to be part of Fox's Super Bowl coverage, then what the hell are they paying him for? That's the first question I would ask. And the second question I would ask is, again, bigger question, but how interesting is Tom Brady anymore anyway? I mean, really, um, how how is it even that interesting? I mean, he's been one of the most scrutinized athletes in the world for 20 plus years now. His divorce with Giselle was all over every tabloid and gossip website this past fall. He's already done the retired, unretired thing. This will be his second free agency tour. Uh, you know, there've been a, a never ending avalanche and cascade of rumors around Brady for years, dating back to his final seasons with the Patriots and his rift with Bill Belichick and Tom versus time and the TB 12 documentary for ESPN films and, and all of, and the cryptic social media posts and all of this stuff. How much is enough with Tom Brady? I mean, are we already at a Brett Favre oversaturation point? I can tell you from a traffic perspective uh, and just from a buzz perspective, you could feel it. There was not a lot of, you know, reaction to Tom Brady's awful performance Monday night. I mean, in the moment, yes, people were having their fun with it, but this is not a story that's carried the week in the NFL. And if Tom Brady looked like that in a primetime playoff game, Three years ago, two years ago, hell, I would say even last year, it would be a massive story. But this year, we saw Brady struggle for the bulk of the season. So yeah, it was a bad offense all year. Tom Brady was not very good all year. So unsurprisingly, in a playoff game against a good team, he and the Buccaneers faltered. And that's really the mentality. And, you know, Fox, and that's another reason why Fox needs Brady in the booth for the Super Bowl. They need to see, is Tom Brady even that interesting anymore? Or should they already be thinking of ways to get out of this $375 million deal? That does it for another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. The best way to get uh, stay in touch with the show, listen to every new episode, is to download and subscribe to the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the podcasting platforms. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Alex Reamer, and we'll be back to chat next week.